0: this is soccer news iv soccer news iv it's in your veins brought to you by soccer com. from bumblebee to high school to college to the pros before the best coaches go to practice they go to soccerom.com. hello and welcome I'm Stephen Parr, the host of Soccer News IV. Let's get to our top stories. The Dynamic Dynamo Win MLS Cup. Houston took home the league's top trophy in only their first year in MLS. And I know, I know there are those of you who will point out Houston is essentially the San Jose Earthquakes in Orange And San Jose won the MLS Cup twice already, but according to the league, those records will stay with San Jose, and the Dynamo are technically a brand new club. And that's part of what makes their win so sweet for Houston fans. Let's talk about the game. While it was Houston's first trip to the Cup, their opponents have been here before. They lost to L.A. back in 2005 and in 2002. Both of those games were lost in overtime, 1-0. So it wasn't really any surprise that the score was 0-0 at half. In the second half, New England subbed in Connell Smith and Clint Dempsey. Dempsey added a spark right away but still wasn't able to put anything in the goal. The ankle he injured in Game 2 against the Chicago Fire was obviously still giving him problems. Smith was giving the dynamo problems. By the end of the second half, he made numerous hard-charging runs down the left side of the field. Brian Mullen did a good job to shut down most of those runs. But as the game wore on, it was becoming clear that Smith was wearing Mullen down. So we go into overtime, still scoreless, until... The 113th minute, that's when Smith was finally able to break through and slotted a ball into the path of Taylor Twelman, who touched the ball perfectly into the side netting. New England was up a goal with only seven minutes left in overtime, and that proved to be too much time. While the Revs were celebrating, Brian Ching headed home the tying goal just seconds after the restart. New England went from elation and relief to despair and disbelief. The game was tied, and momentum had shifted back towards Houston. The score remained tied, and so the match went to penalties. New England's Matt Reese guessed right on every Houston shot, but was only able to make one save. On the other hand, New England's Pat Noonan sent his shot into the stands as a souvenir, and defender Jay Heaps gingerly rolled his shot nicely into keeper Pat Onstat's stomach. Houston won 4-3 on PKs, and Brian Ching took home MVP honors. This game was really played up by ABC as a showdown between Ching and Twelman. Remember, it was Ching who took Twelman's spot on the World Cup roster earlier this year. And not only did both men score for their teams, but Brian Ching man-marked Twelman on all of New England's set plays. And a couple of times, it was Ching who denied Twelman a clear chance on goal. I personally have never seen a striker do such a good job defending against another striker. And for those of you wondering, Clint Dempsey did not take a PK for New England. He felt his ankle was not strong enough to power a shot past on stat. Steve Ralston also declined to take a shot because of injuries for New England. Now this is three trips to the big game and three losses. But before you start calling them the Buffalo Bills of MLS... Remember that L.A. also lost three MLS Cups in 96, 99, and 01 before finally winning in 02 and 05. So that's the season. For some, it was a good year. For others, 06 is the time best forgotten. Let's run down the winners and the losers. First of all, it was a great year for Houston. They ended up as MLS champs. After making the move from San Jose, they survived a naming controversy in preseason, only to boast one of the best fan bases in all of MLS by the end of the season. It was also a good year for Chivas USA. New head coach Bob Bradley completely revamped the Goats for 06 last year. The team was almost never a threat. This year, they became a real contender in the West and can claim to be the best soccer team in California. Well, they're actually the best soccer team in the Pacific time Zone. Despite losing in the finals, again, New England should hold their heads up high as well. They came within seven minutes of hoisting the Allen Rothenberg Trophy, and no other team has been to the finals more often in the last five years than New England. Chicago can also be proud of 2006. After starting the season with a nine-game road streak, Chicago settled into new home stadium, Toyota Park. In that new home, Chicago won the U.S. Open Cup, beating defending champs, L.A. Galaxy. But perhaps the biggest winner in 2006 was MLS itself. The league's financial footing has never been stronger. There are three new owners ready to go for 2007, plus multi-million dollar deals with ABC, ESPN, Fox, Soccer Channel, and Univision, which means not only will more games be on television than ever before, but MLS won't have to foot the bill to make it happen. In fact, the league will now make money in television fees, From the networks for the first time in the league's history. On the other side of the coin, both D.C. United and F.C. Dallas have to walk away from this year disappointed. Both teams got off to great starts. And both teams were in first place in their divisions from May through October. But both teams lost their luster after the All-Star break, and ultimately both teams were sent home early in the playoffs. For Dallas, the lack of results cost head coach Colin Clark his job. It looks like Peter Novak will be able to stay in D.C. for now, but the questions are starting to mount. This was by far the worst season ever for the L.A. Galaxy. The team missed the playoffs for the first time ever. L.A. set a new league record for the longest scoreless streak, posting a big, fat goose egg for the entire month of May. Head coach Steve Sampson was canned mid-season. There were a few bright spots. The team played much better during the second half of the year, and new head coach Frank Gallup is upbeat about next year. Landon Donovan still had moments of greatness. The problem was L.A. was too dependent upon Donovan. Without him, they simply could not find a way to win. Columbus also set bad records this year. They now hold the title of fewest goals scored per game in an MLS season. Midfielder Sebastian Rosenthal just never emerged into the superstar the crew had hoped for. And too much of this season, Columbus had more players on the injured list than on the field. Real Salt Lake ended up in last in the West again. Now, to be fair, this year's last place team was a lot better than last year's last place team. But still, what I can't believe is that Dallas fired head coach Colin Clark after having the best regular season record in the West over the last two years, while John Ellinger still has his coaching job in Real for coaching them to the worst record for 05 and 06 in the West. That just doesn't seem fair, does it? On the upside, it does look like Real is finally on the way to getting a soccer-specific stadium built in Utah. And finally, Kansas City has to be disappointed with their year, two. Remember during the offseason, I told you that Dallas essentially gave striker Eddie Johnson to Kansas City? Dallas got basically nothing in return, and yet they got the better end of this deal. Johnson was a bust. So was Josh Wolf. In the end, Kansas City failed to make the playoffs for the second year in a row. Now, in the offseason, there is a lot to look forward to. Let's start with David Beckham. No, seriously. Last week, MLS okayed the supposed Beckham rule. This will allow each team to sign one player whose salary will not count in full towards the salary cap. That means teams are now free to shell out big bucks for big-name stars. The deal is each team is allowed one marquee player. They can trade that player to other teams, but no team can end up with more than two. Got it? The first player will count for 400000 towards the salary cap. The second is an additional 350000 But the team can pay them whatever they can afford. So who is the league going to get? Well, David Beckham is on the outs in Real Madrid, and his contract negotiations over there haven't been going well. He has said he'd like to play in the U.S. eventually. He has a soccer academy in California, and the Galaxy has said they want to sign him. The New York Red Bulls may be going after Brazilian striker Ronaldo. His stock has waned a bit in Europe, and many Brazilians think he's gotten old and fat. Plus, Ronaldo has said that New York is just about the only place on the planet where he feels like himself, and his wife likes shopping in Manhattan. We'll just have to see during the offseason. Also during the offseason, we'll start to see what kind of a team Toronto will shape up to be. The Toronto expansion draft happened on Friday. Perhaps the biggest news from the draft is the three-way deal between Toronto, Houston, and Dallas. Toronto drafted Canadian defender Adrian Siriu from Houston. They then traded Siriu and a draft pick to Dallas for midfielder Ronnie O'Brien. O'Brien is from Ireland, not Canada, but his wife does have relatives near Toronto, and he has been asking for a trade out of Dallas. Toronto has said they will do just about anything they can to acquire the rights to Houston's Dwayne De Rosario. is also Canadian, but I just can't imagine any reason in the world that Houston would let go of their best player and perhaps the league's best player. We'll just have to see. There are also expected to be plenty of player moves this off offseason. Frenia Adu has a two-week tryout with Manchester United. Reading FC appears to be interested in Eddie Johnson, and just about everyone is interested in Clint Dempsey. Many of the stars in New England could be overseas by next year. Taylor Twellman and Charlie Joseph have both said they want to go. Pat Noonan's contract is up at the end of this season as well. One more bit of postseason info. We here at Soccer News IV will also go through a bit of a change. We are going to be updating the look and the format of the show, and we hope to have some new features for you next season we think you'll enjoy. If you have any suggestions about what you'd like changed in the show, please let us know. You can email me at stephen.sniv at earthlink.net. As things happen in the world of MLS the next few months, like say, oh, I don't know. The naming of a new head coach for the U.S. national team? Maybe. Then we'll put up a new short news segment to keep you current so you can keep checking back for those updates. I need to say thanks to SoccerRom.com for all of their support. It's been a good first year for us, and SoccerRom.com is a major reason why. For Soccer News IV, I'm Stephen Parr. Remember, Soccer News IV, it's in your veins.